1: See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Patrick. Enzo. So Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in
2: overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in
1: February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets,
2: and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Hello everybody and welcome into this week's edition of NFL Friday, WFUV's NFL podcast. My name is Julia Moss and today I am joined in here by Jack Warner and Lauren Mondaruli. We have so much to get to. We obviously have DeMar Hamlin to talk about, how the Bengals and Bills both sit now that the game has officially been canceled. The Giants and the Jets both had had deciding weeks. And then we're going to talk some playoffs. But before we get into that, Jack, Lauren, how are you guys doing today?
1: I'm pretty good. I mean, look, it's been an interesting week this week only because we don't have any sort of shortage of things to talk about that... Is a good thing on one end, meaning we have a lot of playoff football to talk about. But obviously, the elephant in the room uh, this past Monday with Demar Hamlin—a very scary situation—I think really put um, the fragility of the fragility of life and you know, kind of the rough-nosed nature of the game in, in great perspective for all of us. So there will definitely be a lot to talk about, both good and bad. So I'm, I'm looking
0: forward to it. I'm feeling the same way. I've been good, but this week has definitely been a scary one for the NFL. But it's also been an exciting one with Week 18 coming up, and then the playoffs. I'm excited to see the Giants in the playoffs for the first time in a few years. So I think it'll be a good week coming up.
2: Absolutely, and let's go ahead and get right into it. Here, we're gonna uh, talk about Damar Hamlin first. For those who don't know, Damar Hamlin is a safety for the Buffalo Bills. He collapsed in the he collapsed in the first quarter of the Bengals Bills game in Cincinnati. He had to be given CPR on the field. He then had to be resuscitated twice by the time he got to the hospital. But good news coming out yesterday. He is able to communicate by shaking his head, nodding, or writing brief notes. And the only reason he can't talk at this point is because he has a tube in his throat. If they had that tube out, he would be able to talk. But because writing is his only way of communication, he the first thing he wrote is, did we win? And the doctor then said, yes, Damar, you've won at the Game of Life, which is incredible to see because of the obviously very scary situation we saw. Uh, His heart stopped on the field. And we've seen this prior, not necessarily in football, but in soccer, we've seen it. And it's always so scary, especially when you don't know what's going to happen when it's between life and death. And my first question is, what were you guys' initial reaction when you saw this on the field? I know I was watching the game live. It was nothing like I've seen before in an NFL game. Jack, we'll start with you.
1: I mean, first of all, what I think was scariest about the whole thing was, and I think this is something that many people have touched on already, is I think when a lot of people imagine a very gruesome injury in a football game, their first assumption is just a spine-shattering hit, like just – you know, someone's something that sends someone's helmet off their body or, you know, something that just can clearly tell that like that hit rocked as well. And when you watch the play back, you can't really tell how hard his chest gets hit because he wrapped his arms around him. He kind of absorbed the hit. So to any person that was watching, especially with him getting up directly afterward and taking about a step and a half, you, 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 you saw him fall back onto his back and you're like where did that come from because it was as far as we knew up until that point it was just an ordinary tackle so obviously there's been more speculation it's clearly took a helmet to the chest so that's more what happened but that's to me what my initial thought was was just like it just really shows how I guess unexpected things like that can occur because it was the most ordinary looking tackle up until like I said he fell straight on his back um as far as the nfl's response on it which i'm sure we'll touch on shortly but just to get a brief couple words out um from what i'm hearing again none of us were there so we can't confirm nor deny but from what i'm hearing and from a steady amount of sources i'm i'm extremely disappointed
0: yeah absolutely For Damar Hamlin, I like kind of feel the same way. I was watching live. I wasn't fully paying attention to the game. I was on my phone. I was making dinner. But I got back into the room, and I saw the field completely quiet. I thought my sound on the TV was broken. I had to rewind a a few minutes and see what happened. And it was just terrifying to see. And just seeing all the announcer's reactions and all the players' faces, it was just a very sad moment. And I'm glad he's doing better, and I'm hoping he will do a speedy recovery. And also for the NFL's response, I was at first disappointed, but I think throughout the week, they regained themselves.
2: Absolutely. And you both touched on, obviously, what we're going to get to next here is the NFL's response. And I remember when I was watching the game, and then they canceled it, I was thinking to myself, that's a surprisingly good response by the NFL. But then, of course, we realized later that it was not Roger Goodell that made this choice. It was it was Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor together saying, look, we're not going to play this game. And of course, later it was revealed that uh, Sean McDermott's big thing was he wanted to go see DeMar in the hospital, which you can't knock someone for doing that. That was, it, it's life and death in that situation. And the, the even the thought that these players would want to get back on the field, initially they were given a five minute break to gather themselves, which I think the premise of that is absolutely off awful like you can't expect these players especially in a game that's so hard-hitting and like you never really know what's going to happen and I know it's a playoff like it's a playoff push kind of game like I know that the fact it was canceled probably made the lives of other people a little bit harder but at the end of the day we didn't know if DeMar Hamlin was alive at that point and neither did anyone on that team. So the, even the thought that they could go and finish that game is absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we're all, look, we're all affected by different sorts of things, but I think the one thing that all of us as humans are, I guess, equally sensitive about is loss of life. It's a very sensitive topic. And especially when it's people we care about and people that, you know, we love, you know, sports teams spend more time with each other than they do with their families most of the year. And I don't think there's anything that provokes any more of a emotional response than seeing your brother almost die on the field. In fact, to your knowledge, he could have been dead. They were, they were watching him have CPR performed on him. They don't know what's going to happen. What I think is extremely frustrating to me is that there have been other sports where we've seen not i mean there have been sports where unfortunately contestants have passed away on the field um but there have been instances in other sports where a very tragic traumatic injury has occurred and the game was suspended this wasn't this wasn't a big ask out of the nfl I, at least in my opinion um, I understand it was a game that obviously may have had some implications. We'll still see. I know that's still being kind of sorted out right now. Still not nearly important than this young man's recovery. Um, but, look, you you just watched – you just had a team full of football players watch their brother have – basically be brought back to life in the center of the field. And, you know, I saw this tweet. I was reading about it afterward, and I, I remember seeing this tweet that was something along the lines of like, imagine your coworker, or your friend of yours, you know, in the cubicle needed CPR for like 10 minutes in your office. And then after five minutes, your boss is like, all right, back to work. Like you would never, that would never happen. So I understand why these guys are any different. You know, I, I understand they put out a product for us that we're very entertained by. And I understand that they are very talented and, and they're tough guys. They play football. It's a hard sport. They're beating the heck out of each other on the field. I, I understand they're tough guys, but I don't think this was a situation where they should have been expected to, to be tough. Like it's, I, I was, I was fairly disappointed.
0: I completely agree. I think it was five minute um, period of time where they had to prepare was absolutely disgusting. They're all humans. They're one of their best friends, like your brother, their brother, you just said, almost just died on the field. There's no way that they could have ever been prepared in that week let alone five minutes to go back out on the field and try again. I just think that the dangers of football have gotten more and more noticeable over the years. I think the players are growing too fast and getting too strong and are becoming too, like, like just big in general for the technology of their, like, protection pads and the helmets to keep up with them. And I don't know, like, whose fault that is. I don't know, like, who to blame that for. But it's just something that like needs to be figured out because, like, they're living their dreams of being an NFL player, and that should have never like been able to take their lives. Absolutely,
2: and it's kind of interesting. You bring up a really good point about the state of like the NFL and the sport itself because I think it, I think it's times like this you take a step back and you're like, you know, the NFL is like it's a lot. You know, it's not an if you're going to get injured, but it's a win, and I, these players understand that, which make like. Their sacrifice and their commitment, like you know, better and like more, like it has more to it because they know what they're putting their body on the line in and in a way that most sports don't. But it's also you have to look at the other side of that when it's when it's like this when it's when it's huge hits like this. What well, wasn't even a huge like huge hit? It's just like when it's plays like this where you really like take a step back and you're like this this is intense. And I don't know if my entertainment is kind of worth watching things like this happen. But that is a whole nother can of worms that we could definitely discuss at another time. Right now, the latest the latest update involving Damar Hamlin was from the vice chair of clinical operations at the University of Cincinnati Health, where he said, so we know that it's not only that the lights are on, we know he's home and it appears all cylinders are firing within his brain, which is incredible considering, you know, when your heart, is not beating your brain function is significantly less, and so the fact that you know he had to be resusc- resuscitated twice, so his heart stopped twice, and he can still be awake and and the lights are on and he's home. That's that's really the best ending thus far we could ask for. But we are going to transition a little bit before we move on. Just a little info on how the Bengals Bills being canceled plays out because we just learned that last night. They are not rescheduling the game. There are three scenarios here, and they all involve the AFC championship in the playoffs. Scenario one, if Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie, a Buffalo versus Kansas City AFC championship game would be at a neutral site. Scenario two, if Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, a Buffalo versus Kansas City championship would be at a neutral site. And then the third scenario of Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins a Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship will be at a neutral site. And I think the biggest winner from this situation of how they're playing this out now is probably the Kansas City Chiefs, because now if the Kansas City Chiefs win, they are definitely in regardless of the Buffalo game because 14 and three is better than 13 and three. So we'll see how that all shakes out. It's definitely unprecedented because this is like, Games don't get canceled in the NFL, but it'll be really interesting to see how that turns out. We're going to transition here into some very positive news for the New York area. The New York Giants are in the playoffs. They defeated the Colts 38 to 10. I'm really interested to hear what you guys' reactions are to this game.
1: So, yeah, I mean, the main thing with the Giants-Colts game last weekend that I guess I had a more boring view on it because I know there was a lot of excitement um, in this state, but... Look, I think what happened last week with the Giants was exactly what should have happened last week with the Giants. I think it would have been more of a storyline if they didn't win last week, if they didn't get the job done last week. Let's just face it, the Colts are kind of a kind of a disaster. Um, so while I do think it wasn't a necessarily impressive opponent to have to get it done around um, – The Giants, I think, were extremely impressive in the way that they just did exactly what they were supposed to do with a team the caliber of Indianapolis. And it wasn't – not only was it they won, but they didn't let it stay close. Daniel Jones looked phenomenal. Um, So, like I said, I don't think they did anything outside of the ordinary. I think they just did exactly what was needed of them, and that's all they needed.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's not shocking that they won, but I'm in the excitement here in New Jersey – So I thought it was a really fun game to watch. I really enjoyed watching Daniel Jones run for two touchdowns. I think the interception touchdown, the second, not the second half, second quarter, right, was really, really fun. So I just think that it was a good game. I'm glad they won. I'm really excited to see where they go. Absolutely. Danny dimes
2: his bag. He went 19 for 24. This, this is an incredible stat line. Just overall, I just want to preface that. 19 for 24, 277 yards and two touchdowns. That in itself is a good game. But then that was not enough. 91 yards rushing and then two more touchdowns for Daniel Jones to bring his total up to four. And that really propels me into my next point. Daniel Jones came into this year. I have never seen a better like contract year performance by someone like as far as overperforming what people thought and now it really puts the Giants in an interesting situation. I'm sure at this point that he's going to get a contract. It's just a matter of how much. And that is my next question here. Like is Daniel Jones worth invest like legitimately worth investing in long term? Like I know he's playing good right now and that's amazing. The, the Giants are in the playoffs. No one thought that would happen. But let's look Two or three years down the line when when things fade a little bit, the the hype isn't quite there. Is Daniel Jones worth investing in to get this team to a Super Bowl?
1: I think yes. And I think it's for pretty simple reasons, but I think it's just his general athleticism. He's one of those people. Again, there's we there's all different sorts of skills that encompass like the complete quarterback in terms of passing ability, general mobility. And Daniel Jones, to me, when I'm watching him play is someone who I would trust, even if, let's say, he's not landing his passes one day we'll find a way to get it done cuz he, he's just so athletic. He was the yard he was the rushing yards leader this past weekend in the in the Colts game. That is absurd. Like you never see that happen very often where he all he not only did he throw for a very good game but your running back wasn't even your your rushing yards leader it was your quarterback. Um so I'm not going to oversell him. I think he still has more to prove. I still think he's fantastic. Um but I'm not going to I'm not going to give him like the Tom Brady treatment just yet. However, I think that he's showcased that he belongs in the league and belongs as a starter and the giant that's the other thing. I don't even follow I'm not a Giants fan and I have seen firsthand how the Giants fan base is reacting to him. I mean, they seem to love him. Um, and that's half the battle right there because New York is a harsh market to play in. Um, and I've know I've lived here most of my life and it doesn't matter the sport if you don't perform, and we'll on the other, we'll talk about the other New York team because their quarterbacks kind of falling victim to that right now. But um, no, I think Daniel Jones is definitely a worthwhile investment just due to the fact that he gets things done. He's an athlete.
0: Yeah, I think he could be the future for the Giants as well. I think the safest option would be go with the fifth year deal right now and see how he plays next year, because personally, I think that he took a way too long time to get comfortable in the field this being his fourth season in the first season that the Giants are above 500 so I would love to see him as the future of the Giants I really do enjoy watching him he is a fantastic quarterback like you said his athleticism is incredible but he still has a lot to prove um he has a lot to learn more as a quarterback and I just think that giving him a little bit more time and not giving him the hugest contract ever would be the safest bet with the Giants
2: I agree. And then you get into this kind of balancing act for the giants of like, we know this guy's good. We want him on our team, but we also don't want to overpay him and have him overstay his welcome with a five-year deal. But then you have to think, you know, another team might get that to him because there are a lot of QB need teams right now. The QB market is not amazing. Like look at a team like Indianapolis who they just played. Like it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I think, the biggest thing Daniel Jones needs to do is to continue to develop. And he has taken too long to get to this point. Uh, I mean, the Giants are by no means going to win the Super Bowl this year. So I think some people are a little high on the hype train. They need to just pump the brakes just a little bit. He is really good. He had a really great game yesterday, but the continuation of developing at this point for him is what's so important. And having that, kind of worry in the back of your head during a contract year is not exactly the best position for, for New York, but I, I think they're going to get a deal done a fifth year. I think that would be great. I think that would be the the ideal situation is to give them one more year to see if this is, if this hype is legit or not, because there's been quarterbacks in the past that overperform one season and make the playoffs and, you know, get the fan base. And then the next season, you know, they're back to what you saw the first few years, but my next question here is, we're back in the present. The Giants are in the playoffs. What is their ceiling? We're like, what is, what is your hope to see from the Giants come playoff time? Because it's looking like they're going to play a team like Minnesota. And then in the, if they somehow win, it's, it's definitely going to be like, because they're the sixth seed, so it's going to be something like the Eagles. Like They have a pretty hard gauntlet to, to make any moves here. Where do you guys see legitimately the Giants falling in the playoffs?
1: So I think the Giants path is actually one of the more unique ones here because they've there have been weekends where they've gone out there and they've looked like a Super Bowl contender and then there's weekends they've gone out there and they've looked like frauds. And then, and then obviously the Super Bowl contender weekends outweigh the fraud weekends, which is good. But I think if the, I want if I had to see them play a good opponent to open up the playoffs, I I want to see a Minnesota rematch because I don't think there's more of a sour loss than losing by a field goal of 60 yards plus. Um, I think they hung in with Minnesota in every way, shape, and form, just as multiple other teams have this year. The fact that Minnesota has won as many of the games as they've won when they easily could have gone the other way is pretty crazy. Um, I think they're bound to finally get beat, and I do think the Giants could be that team. Like we talked about, I agree with you. I don't think that the Giants are a Super Bowl contender, and I don't think that that's a very controversial point of view. I think I'm not trying to, you know, be minimalist, but I think that for them, and because this has been kind of a magical run for them this year, obviously with some pretty with a few pretty bad years in the rearview mirror, I think not making this a just we made the playoffs this year and being content with a loss in the first round and just being happy you made it. I think. The cherry on top of this season would be, you know, removing a couple teams from the playoffs, sending them home, whether that means making it through round one, making it through two rounds, whatever it means. I just think a win in the playoffs is essential to kind of capitalize on the season they've had this year.
0: Yeah, exactly. I personally think that their ceiling is going to be very low. I don't see them getting far. If Perfect Storm playing the Vikings, I really hope that they win against the Vikings because they're – Game against them a few weeks ago was so close, just losing by the field goal. And they already know what to expect when it comes to the Vikings. They know what plays they will play because they've played them already. If they were played to the nine, if they were to play the Niners, it would not be in New York's favor, especially with the Niners' long winning streak this season. Like the last game they lost was Week Seven. They already have this heat to them right now, and they know how to win a game. And the Giants are not going to be the team to stop that. And the playoffs are also just a different experience than the regular season. And both these teams know the playoffs. The Giants don't. They have a completely new team that they did the last time they were in the playoffs. And they have to have the specific team to face in the playoffs to be a winning team this week.
2: Absolutely. And Brock Purdy, a potential Super Bowl winning quarterback, that is is to be determined. That would be very interesting. But we're going to switch a little bit to maybe the not so good side of things, the The opposite of the Giants, we're going to talk about the New York Jets. They are not making the playoffs. They got absolutely destroyed by the Seahawks, 23-6. to Mike White went 23 for 46, 240 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. And man, I'm just going to say I'm happy I'm not a fan of this team because the amount of suffering and struggling Jets fans have been through for the last 10 plus years, it's it's unfortunate to see this team crumble the way it has. What were you guys' reactions on this past game?
1: I mean, I can't say I'm shocked. I think the morale is kind of gone, and I I, I don't want to blame it on one person because it takes a whole team. But um, I still think we're their whole. They're all kind of stuck in the Zach Wilson, what what's wrong with you kind of phase. Look, I've so i was actually at metlife a few week a few weeks ago for the thursday night game against the jaguars i fro- nearly froze to death and um i've been to pro baseball games where like pitcher got shelled in front of his own crowd never in my life have i heard a fan base say the things that they said about their own player than i heard in those ble- in those bleachers it was like terrifying he got booed when he you know during the third quarter going back out onto the field um i can't say that it's not his fault i mean there was time cuz here's here's the thing that's tough not not only is it bad when someone doesn't perform well but we've seen we have seen in sports players that didn't perform well but are generally enjoyable players they're enjoyable presences and That doesn't necessarily rid them of their responsibilities of playing good, but it at least makes it a little easier to like have them as a part of your roster. Right now, I think the the Jets fans and their fan base still don't take too kindly to some of what appear to be maybe some minor attitude issues from Zach Wilson, lack of accountability being the main one. So especially when they, when he was a player that did draw a lot of the hype, he showed that he, I, early in the season, he showed the jets to be a team that would contend. I don't think anyone saw this fall off coming, but I, I've never seen a, a, a fan base right now. And they're not even, they're not even near the worst team in the league and the morale right now amongst the jets kind of fan base, I think is rivaling some of the teams that are the worst in the league.
0: Yeah, exactly. I watched the games here on, on TV, and you could hear the boos through the speakers. They're, abso- they're so crazy. I've never heard anything like it before. And as for Zach Wilson and the Jets, they're just all comical to watch at this point. There's no sugarcoating it. Like, if I need a laugh, I'll turn on the Jets game. Um, I just don't think there'll be any way the Jets are able to succeed with Zach Wilson as their first-string quarterback anymore. I think he's not trustworthy anymore. Just... He's just a bad quarterback. And I feel bad saying it, but he is, especially since the Jets' defense has some work to put into. But Zach Wilson and the, his offense don't answer back when their defense fails them, which is the bigger issue here, because you can't win a game without points on the board. Like, you could always win the points back, but you can't, like, you need to score some. But I just think that they should trade him for someone else, maybe not even a quarterback. Like, they could use someone else as their quarterback, like Mike White for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it
2: is an unfortunate situation. But I think for the Jets, there is like a little glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. They do have some good young talent. They have they have uh, Brees Hall, who's going to be back next year. Um, and I think that was really kind of the the deflating blow to the Jets roster that they just couldn't recover from on top of poor quarterback play. But the worst part about this whole thing is that the Jets are not giving up on Zach Wilson. Like, they they see this product on the field, and they're like, yeah, give me some more of that next year. I, which I am just absolutely – I don't know the word. I'm confused. That's basically it. Uh, literal quote from Robert Sala. Insisted on Wednesday that the organization will do everything, quote, through hell or high water to maximize his potential. I just – they just – <laughs>
1: That's just not something that should have to be said about your quarterback. Like through hell or high water, that's
2: you know you're losing when you have <laughs> to say through hell or high water we're gonna stick with this guy. The fact that he felt so much pressure, his quarterback is so bad. I don't understand like what the the, the organization is seeing in Zach Wilson where they're like there is potential there. Like we can we can make this guy a star. He's not a rookie you know he's had a couple years under his belt as a starter and it, there's also a league or uh the offensive coordinator of the Jets organization Michael first Fleur said on Zach Wilson in hindsight it probably would have benefited him just to sit back and learn a little bit and watch a veteran just kind of grow in the league <laughs> kind of in the back seat watching <laughs> like there's like two different things being said like there's the offensive coordinator saying, yeah, we didn't do the best thing with Zach Wilson. And then there's Robert Zala, like, yeah, we know that, but we're also going to keep him. I feel bad for Jets fans, but I i mean, my opinion is it's ridiculous. They should move on. They've had too many quarterback projects like this. They haven't had like a decent quarterback. And and I mean decent, like I'm being very generous with this word. They haven't had a decent quarterback since like Mark Sanchez. So the, the future... If Brees Hall ends up being like Derrick Henry, like, great, all things, all bets off, like they can get somewhere, but that's a big ask, and I don't think Zach Wilson or Mike White are is really going to take this team further.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is, we haven't really seen enough out of Mike White either to be confident in him as, say, a starter moving forward. That's not to say that he can't handle the position, um, but... Again, I think we see this very often with teams who are in repeated um, struggles like this where it seems like they're jumping quarterback to quarterback. A-, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. like there are there are bad quarterbacks or not great quarterbacks. I don't even have to go as harsh as bad, but quarterbacks that aren't anything that impressive that'll go out and have a stellar game or two, three in a row. Um, but neither quarterback has shown the longevity nor the nor the nor trustworthy health either that um, I think can carry this team long term. The one thing that I will say, I think the Jets should do, and I feel like there's some people that are gonna agree with me and some people that'll look at me like I'm an idiot. but two words. Baker Mayfield. Um, now, I'm not the biggest proponent. I'm not he's not my favorite quarterback, but what he has proven this year is that he is good enough to be a starter, in my opinion. Um, And I don't think he's going to they've only I believe he's only signed through the remainder remainder of the season with um, the Rams. I could I think that's the case either way. um, I think after what he's shown in the remainder of this season, uh, taking over for a team that honestly just needs to be taken to the end of the season and they're, they're not making the playoffs. But obviously when Stafford's back and healthy, there's no debate. You're not replacing Matt Stafford. So I think someone who's shown that they can uh, be a starting quarterback, the Jets probably may not hurt from taking a peek at someone like
0: him. You bring up an, bring up an interesting point. I didn't even think about bringing Baker Mayfield to New York. I think that's actually a really good idea because, like you said, no one's going to replace Stafford, especially Baker Mayfield. Um, but for the foreseeable future, like this week, I think Mike White is the Jets' best bet. I think Zach Wilson just needs to go home and find a new, new career. Not an entirely new career, but a different – just something different. He needs a break, Um, and so do the Jets. But Baker Mayfield is actually really a good point. I like that
2: guys i just i disagree entirely i think baker mayfield has been cut so much slack in this league it's ridiculous he's gone to two teams where both teams were like here's the keys to the offense like you can turn our like season or like you can turn our franchise around and he has not done that twice i don't think i don't know how many other situations i've seen of a quarterback getting like possibly a third chance of like here's our like here's our game plan like you're the you're the leader let's see what we can do here like I don't know I think you're better off trying to develop a young talent like going in the draft and getting someone young other than not Baker Mayfield but it could only go up from here so you yeah, guys, like that is a good point of like he he knows how to win some games it's probably better than Zach Wilson probably better than Mike White yeah that's definitely interesting I'm just like I'm not a Baker Mayfield hater I'm just like I'm like a hold Baker accountable person like
1: (laughs) yeah no I understand what you're saying but the other thing that I'm starting to notice over time and it's 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 not entirely the case but we're not seeing as many um we're not seeing the draft as much as of like a uh reliable outlet as it used to be obviously we need to have a draft every year to to bring new talent into the league but there used to be a time where you know Players would get drafted and, you know, this was our guy and um, they hit the ground running in the NFL. Nowadays, NFL draft, I guess, um, products that right away kind of get their name out there are really sort of few and far between. And there's also several personalities from college football that we watched and our jaws dropped watching them carve up a college football field are picked within the first 10 picks of the draft and are now and are now ESPN analysts within, you know, a few years. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, my favorite, my favorite, probably my favorite college athlete of all time is RG three. And he's probably currently my favorite. He's probably currently my favorite analyst too. Um, But yes, I understand what you're saying in terms of maybe focusing on young talent, but the other thing with more of the Jets specifically is like it's kind of a what the heck do they have to lose at this point if they were to content, uh, consider something like Baker Mayfield just because you can look at the laundry list of quarterbacks they've had and it's like they range in ages they range in sizes they range in you can you can customize one if you want to like it's it's. At this point, I'm speaking more specifically to the Jets when it comes to Baker Mayfield. There may be somewhere that's more fitting for him, and the Jets may not be that place, but it it certainly won't be Zach Wilson, and I haven't been proven to yet that it could be Mike White.
2: We are going to transition a little bit out of the New York State and move into some interesting, very interesting playoff situations right now. Going into the last week of the season, we always see some really fun things, and this year is absolutely no... No different. The first thing we're going to talk about is the incredible, the crazy race for the NFC 7 seed. Here are the situations between the Green Bay Packers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Detroit Lions. Here are the three situations. If the Green Bay Packers beat the Detroit Lions, straight up, the Packers are in. If the Packers lose and the Seattle Seahawks win, the Seahawks get in. If the Seahawks lose and the Lions beat the Packers, Detroit is in. <clears throat> and my my first question here is pretty direct who of these three teams is going to make the playoffs
1: it's it's direct but it's loaded um i think there's a difference between who i want to see and who i think actually will same, same. who I, who who i want to see is detroit um, it's, there's been kind of a drought. I also used to live out there. So like, I kind of have a soft spot. Um, I do think that it's going to come down to just the season veteran and the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think even actually right now, I think I've been seeing places that the Lions are favored. Um, however, by a little bit, but I think the, the game being at Lambeau is right right off the bat, kind of an advantage. I think it comes down to experience, but at the same time, like the order that I have is Packers, Lions, Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks are going to make it. The reason why I would have the Lions possibly taking down the Packers would just be because again, for the same reason that I have the Packers anyway, the Lions do have a playoff quarterback. They do have Jared Goff who led the Rams to a Super Bowl he knows what high high test games are like and how to succeed in them. Um, I just think it's really just by kind of a hair that I have the Packers taking it.
0: I agree. I do think the Packers will take the seven seed spot Um, with Aaron Rodgers playing, thinking that season's going to end that game. He's going to be giving everything he has. Packers defense has also been on a roll. Their offense has not been stopped and the grain, game's also in Green Bay, so it's a huge, loud fan base and it will only push the Packers even more. I do think, like, the Lions could win if they tried, but I do think the Packers will just give more this game since they are home. Yeah,
2: it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers in any kind of important game kind of situation, but the Lions have probably been my favorite story all season, and I, a lot of that is attributed to uh, – we I was on the very first NFL Friday of the season – we are about a week before the season started. And I said, the the lions are going to be the team that surprises everyone. Jared Goff is better than people think. And Dan Campbell is a really good, a dang good coach. And we've seen both of those things happen. So not to flex too hard, but I, I did predict this, but with that also, I love watching the lions play football. They are so chaotic. At one point they had the best offense and the worst defense. That's just fun football to watch. I love a high scoring game. And the lions just create that. So and they're also incredibly unpredictable. Like they could lose by 30, but hang 60 on someone. Like it's, you never know what you're going to get with the lions. So it's hard to, it's hard to guess how this game is going to go. I do think Aaron Rodgers has learned how to be a leader for a team. That's not great, which was a learning curve at first for sure, because, you know, we saw some leadership flaws, you know, him openly blaming his wide receivers, which was he wrong? No. Was it the best leadership move to make? No, So he's kind of fit into that leadership role a little better. And he said that in press conferences. So I think this Packers team is gelling together, but exactly like you said, Jack, I want the Lions to make it, but I think the Packers are, and I don't think the Seahawks really had much of a chance. Geno Smith had a great career resurrection year this year. I think he'll be just fine, but I don't think a playoff run is in the Seahawks' future. We are going to transition into another conference, yeah. another division, rather, that the playoff balance is still up in the air. And it's something that's very near and dear to my heart um, in a very unfortunate way, considering how it's all well played out. And that is the AFC South. I am from Tennessee. I'm currently in Gatlinburg, Tennessee right now in a cabin and it is Titans country here. But let me tell you one thing. The Titans stink. They are bad right now. They're on, what, like a five or six game losing streak. It is awful to see. And they are in a position that I'm sure that they week 11, no one thought they would be because I think they were like three or four games up on the closest team and which at the time was Colts. But we're looking at a crazy one of the only win and you're in straight up matchups for both teams, and that is the Jaguars and the Titans. The Jaguars have played incredible the past few weeks. They they're on a win streak. I think they've won about as many games in a row as the Titans have lost. So it's really a tale of two teams. It's in you know the Titans are without their quarterback. Obviously, they're starting Josh Dobbs, which is insane imagine going from a practice squad of a team that's not that good like it was a detroit lions i'm pretty sure that josh jobs was on the practice squad of and and put him right into a situation where it's like all right go get us in the playoffs josh like it's incredible it could be one of those stories that's like this was the start of this young man's amazing career or it could be you know, the Titans are just bad and they're trying to collect their losses. But I'm really interested to hear, first of all, what you make of both sides of this coin, because that's really what the Jaguars and the Titans are at this point, two sides of a of a coin. The Jaguars on a crazy high winning streak and the Titans on a crazy low losing streak. Where do you see both of these teams playing this week?
1: Um, I, so me personally, I I hate to say it, to you personally, I have the Jaguars winning, but not. I, it's not decisive. I do think this could easily be the best game this weekend. Um, I love win, win and get in type games, win or go home type games. And the other reason why I do think this will be an absolute shootout is because I think both teams are, I think, lining up with the best possible uh, – Method of attack that they can given the point in the season and 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 the opponent they're playing. I mean, you you found the the choice to roll with Dobbs rather interesting, which I do agree. It, it's not upon hearing it, I didn't think it was something that I would expect to hear. Um, but again, you know, Dobbs is someone who can throw the ball down the field, which is not Malik bad, Willis is trash. Which what?
2: Malik Willis is trash.
1: Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I love to I love talking about this with like the actual like hard nosed like Titans fan. This is more fun. Um, but no, uh, what was this? Oh, yeah. so Josh Dobbs, as we saw, as we've seen, I guess in earlier performances, is not afraid to throw the ball downfield. And um the Jaguars are one of I don't quote me. it's either twenty ninth or thirtieth in the entire league. In, um defense in like past defense so that's a good variable to have going into a game like this I do think though that just the hot streak that Jag- the Jaguars are on having already beat the having already beat the Titans once and as I'm sure you've felt this plenty I find the Titans to just be a generally untrustworthy team um well I think it's going to be a close one I do I do have Jacksonville on this
0: I also have the Jaguars winning. I'm sorry, Julia, but they're home and the Titans are with their quarterback this week. The Titans have just not been hot on the field with the six-game losing streak, as you said before. It's not the ideal way to enter this game. Like, the only thing that the Titans have going for them is that Dobbs is the quarterback for them this week and the Jaguars may not know his uh, level of play this season since he's not played that much in the NFL. But I do have the Jaguars winning.
2: Yeah, uh, and you know what, guys, that's fair, that's understandable. I'm not gonna say it's some crazy choice. I mean, looking at these two teams, it's like any quarterback coming into this offense is probably not going to do well. Because if you asked, I would say 80% of NFL fans to name two Titans receivers, I don't think they could, which is terrible, which is really awful. Because we had AJ Brown last year, like. That's a whole nother thing. Like the, the Titans front, of, I'm I'm glad that GM got fired. Um, but anyways, Malik Willis was, I think his issues extended past what the wide receiver issues were. Like there were like, oh there there were receivers that were there that he just didn't hit. And you can't like his first game he went five for 19 in an NFL game. You can't do that. You can't go five for 19 with like 40 yards. You you can't do that. So it'll be interesting to see how Dobbs plays in this game. I think could only go up from here. It's really dependent on how Derrick Henry plays because you know Derrick Henry can take over any game. But it's harder for him to do that now because the pass uh the pass play action rather is not respected anymore because I feel like defenses are like okay, like we're still going to commit on Derrick Henry because you don't have a quarterback that can throw to a, a good receiver. So if the play action isn't respected and you can't play off of that it's going to be hard for Derrick Henry to get anything going because they're just going to commit on the run every time, which, I mean, honestly, as they should, because, you know, a guy that was on a practice squad two weeks ago is currently quarterback in this team. But with that being said, the Titans defense is so unpredictably good sometimes. Like there are times where they have like four picks in the first half. I mean, just last year when they played the Bengals in the playoffs, they had, they broke the record for sacks in a playoff game. And, you know, in Titans Classic, and they still somehow figured out how to lose that game but that still happened they did get those sacks so the titans have a chance and i do have the titans winning because i can never bet against my titans but it will be interesting how that all plays out we are going to transition out to the last part of our show and do some fun rapid fire picks for teams that have a shot in the playoffs or have something to play for rather because of course there are some teams that have locked up everything they they can so we're going to start here with the Ravens and the Bengals Jack we'll start with you where do you see this game who's winning and what's the score
1: uh I have a total shootout I do have the Bengals by a hair I say 38-34
0: I also have the Bengals. Uh, I put twenty one seventeen though. I think that this is going to be a tough game for the Bengals after Hamlin's cardiac arrest. I think that the Bengals are not going to be, like, scared to play, but I think they're going to have that on their mind. Like, this has already happened to them once. What if it happens again? Hopefully it won't. I don't think it will. But I think they're going to have a slow first half and then explode in the second half.
2: Absolutely. And that definitely, like, is a situation that will be, will be heavy on their hearts. I think – Without I don't think Lamar Jackson is playing. There really isn't any any word on if he will be on the field or not. It's likely not. Uh head coach is absolutely just like not answering questions about Lamar at this point. So I don't I don't even know what his injury is at this point. But my my guess is no Lamar, no winning. The Bengals are gonna take this 24 to 13. Moving on here, the Chiefs and the Raiders. Jack, what do we think?
1: Uh much like I said with um the Giants earlier with how they handled the Colts I think this is no different of a situation I think the Chiefs will go in and do exactly what they need to do against a team that I would say is as lackluster as the uh, Las Vegas Raiders I have 34 to 14.
0: I have the Chiefs winning too 30-24 the Raiders defense is just a mess this season ranking 31 in the NFL the Chiefs dominated the past few weeks and they have the pressure of the AFC title so I think that they're going to be playing hard and they're going to win because they know how to.
2: Yeah, of course you want to win every game, but I think the the Raiders are really looking at this, like, let's see what Stidham can do, because they've shut down Derek Carr for the season. They They don't have anything really to play for other than trying to figure out where they go from here, because my guess is Derek Carr is not coming back next season, so Stidham seems to be, if he performs well, not saying he has to beat the Chiefs, who have something to play for in the playoffs, I think... The, the future gets a little more clear for the Raiders so they have something to play for in a sense of figuring out where they go from here but the Chiefs are trying to lock up some uh some home field positioning and some buys so I think this is not going to be a close game I have Chiefs 35 Raiders 14 moving over to the East Coast the Patriots and the Bills are playing what do we think of this game
1: so this one we we touched on it just a few minutes ago with um, how it would affect the Bengals, which I really didn't even think of. That's a very good point. I was obviously thinking of it more with the Bills, um, obviously with you know the aftermath of uh, the Demar Hamlin incident the other evening. But I do I do still have the the uh, the Bills beating my Patriots as much as I hate to say it. Um, I think it's going to be kind of the same as always for the Patriots. I think the defense is going to show up and the offense isn't. Um, I think I don't see the bills stomping all over the Patriots because of how hot the offense, I mean, how hot the defense is right now. Um, But I don't think that the uh, the offensive product, at least for the Patriots will be something that'll put up a fight this weekend against Buffalo. So I do have uh, the bills winning 28 to 17.
0: I have the Bills winning, but I have a close game, 23-20. I think since the Bills are home, the Bills nation is going to bring the energy. They're going to be eager to see this game after last week. But same with the Bengals. The Bills aren't going to be fully there the first half of the game. They're going to explode in the second half, just like the Bengals. And both teams are fighting for the title, so they're both going to be fighting hard. But the Bills are going to win. There's no way around it.
2: Yeah, I have gone back and forth on if I think this is going to be a close game or not. I do think the Bills are going to win regardless. But looking at this game for Mac Jones in particular, I think this is kind of a defining game for him because if they come into this game with a chance to get a playoff spot, like this is a must-win game for the Patriots. If he gets blown out here, I think the Patriots have some serious answers, some serious questions to answer, rather. So I see it being a little bit close just because I think Mac Jones knows, like, you know, I've give, I've been given some slack. But at this point, if, if I come into this game and we get blown out, you know, the fans I think the fans are going to lose support and you know things are going to get get messy quick but I have the Bills winning it's gonna I think it's gonna be close it's gonna be 21 to 17. Next we've got the Dolphins and the New York Jets the great amazing New York Jets what do you guys think about this one?
1: I've never I'll be honest I have not been like less interested in like a playoff implication possible playoff implication game before Um, we just we just had the whole kind of segment about the jets and the, and the disaster that they kind of have been on the back half of the season. And I think that'll only continue. I do have the dolphins winning this weekend, but at the same time, um, the dolphins have had not, not to the extent of the jets, but I do think the dolphins have also had quite a a fall from grace this season. Um, so I do think it's somewhat of an evenly matched game. I have 24, 20 Miami.
0: I actually have the Jets winning this game, twenty seventeen, because the Jets are five and zero against backup quarterbacks this season. With the Dolphins falling off in the middle of the season because their quarterbacks' concussions, I just think that the Jets are going to win. It'll be a close game because it's not going to be a good game. They're both not fun to watch. I'm not necessarily excited to watch this one.
2: Yeah, you guys said it said it really well there. I think uh, you know with Tua out. And honestly, I don't know if this guy should ever play football again. Like, he is the, – the the impact his brain has taken, especially now that we've seen, like, you know, what football can do. It's a very, very hardcore sport. It'll be interesting to see how uh Tua, the Tua situation plays out. But as far as this week, these are not very good teams playing each other. The fact there's playoff implications here for either teams is really interesting. But I do have the Dolphins winning – if the Dolphins win and the Patriots lose, which is probable, the Dolphins are probably are uh, pretty much guaranteed in the playoffs and the Jets are bad. So I have the Jets winning. I have 28 to 21, but on second thought, I don't know if there's going to be this much offense in this game. So if this is in something like a 13 to 10 game, I wouldn't be surprised, but I have 28 21 the Dolphins winning. Moving over now to a better New York team. The Eagles are playing the Giants this week. The Eagles are fighting for a first round by the Giants really have nothing to play for, but it will be interesting to see how that goes. Jack, what do you think?
1: Um, I think the rivalry that these teams already kind of hold with each other is going to automatically bring the energy for a game like this, even though both teams have uh, solidified their playoff spots. Um I do think, though, this isn't going to be a a high-scoring game. I think, again, it's going to have (sighs) – Phil. I think in Philadelphia's sake, it's going to have the defense carrying again. I think this weekend will be yet another reminder of how badly they do need um, Jalen Hurts. no shade to Gardner Minshew. I think he's a very fun uh, presence to have in the league. But as you can see, the last few weeks of the Eagles season, the team has been primarily defense. Um, the offensive output has just not been what it usually is under Jalen Hurts. Um, I think that would be the one thing that the Giants need to take advantage of if they were to win this game. But I don't think that that is going to happen. I do have 24-21 Philadelphia.
0: I also have Eagles winning 21-14. It's pretty simple. The Eagles have something to play for and the Giants don't. I would be so surprised to see if Saquon was on the field this game. I think – resting the big players this week for the giants would be great because they can't move up they have the numbers number six spot the eagles though they could they can move up or they could go down if they lose i just think that the eagles have to win this game for their sake
2: yeah you said it best i think it really comes down to the eagles having something to fight for and the giants not i would be very surprised if the giants played their starters for very long or even at all so I think the Eagles are going to win this game. We're going to take it. I think it's going to be a little higher scoring than, than what people are initially thinking. I think the Eagles are going to take this 35 to 21. I don't see this being close. Eagles are trying to get a better playoff positioning. And again, the Giants have, they can't move up. They can't move down. They are the sixth seed. Moving on here to the Seahawks and the Rams. The Seahawks are in playoff position, but they do need a win this week and a little bit of help. Jack, what do you have the score being?
1: So, of all my picks, this is actually my lone upset. I actually did pick the Rams to win this game. um I think they in terms of just how disappointing of a season, obviously coming off what the Rams have done in the prior two years um just going out in a hard nosed n f c west kind of you know game i and also I do find. Much like I said to you earlier with the, the Titans being a team that are hard to trust at times, I found the Seahawks to be the exact same way. So um, all things considered, I do have the Rams beating the Seahawks 23-17. to 17.
0: I have the Seahawks winning 24-21. I, the Rams are already eliminated. The only thing that they're going to be trying is Baker Mayfield as the quarterback to try and figure out any offseason decisions for them or any other team to be watching. The Seahawks are home. They'll have their fan base and they're coming off a win against the Jets, which isn't impressive, but it's still a win. They have that energy with them and the Seahawks have their season on the line. We'll be playing all their aces with their hearts. Nothing holding back.
2: Yeah. You guys both make good points, but I also have an upset here. Um, The Seahawks are still alive in the playoffs, but Baker Mayfield is working his Baker Mayfield magic right now. And, you know, I think, the Seahawks are unpredictable. I don't really have much stock in Geno Smith. I did at the beginning of the season, but as the season has progressed, he's like kind of gone back into Geno form. I think it's going to be a close one. I don't see a lot of offense, honestly. I think 21 to 17, like while the Seahawks are fighting for their their season here, I think Baker Mayfield is fighting for a potential career in the NFL. So both, both play callers are really are fighting for something. We have one more pick here before we wrap up, and that is the 49ers and the Cardinals. Uh the Cardinals are not in playoff position, but the 49ers are fighting for a first round bye.
1: Um, this one is about, at least for me this weekend, is about as much of a lock as there can be. 49ers are on fire, and the Cardinals are god awful. Um, not to mention, I don't want to sound like any sort of a uh I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything, but a loss in this game for Arizona could do well with uh, some draft pick, you know, locations. So um, like I said, I don't think there'll be any real urgency on the Cardinals part. They're going to put a product out there. They're not going to look like they're rolling over and dying, but um, I do think the 49ers will absolutely have their way with Arizona this weekend. I actually have uh 41
0: I have the Niners winning 30 to 13. Uh, The Niners are on a roll. There's no stopping them. Even with their third string in there, they have this nine game winning streak. And as we said before, the 49ers want this first round bye, So they will be doing what they have been doing, which is winning. And the Cardinals have nothing left. They have known that they're not going anywhere after this game. And they're already looking ahead to the draft and next season.
2: Absolutely. <clears throat> the 49ers are just a really good team overall like it's a quarterback's dream i think to be put in this offense they have you know they have just a solid team across the board and again the cardinals are god awful and not only that but they benefit from losing and i i cannot be convinced teams don't intentionally lose for draft picks but i can't be convinced of it i know what happens and i think it's going to happen this week i think this game is going to be a blowout but also i think if the cardinals were trying their best I don't think this would be a close game. So regardless, I think it's going to be 35-7. to 7, Niners getting the win. But that is just about going to do it, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm Julia Moss with Lauren Mondaruli and John Warner. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.